Hello and welcome to episode 93 of Slamrat Radio. It, we're very close to 100. It's getting closer. I'm not convinced it'll ever happen with the regular release schedule, but we'll see what goes on. And we've got two more master special shows. We've got today's show and we have got the final set of four armies after that. So today we're going to look at the next four armies, whether they've got a chance at masters and how the, the balance patch changes might have affected those chances slightly. So today we're going to look at the next four alphabet alphabetically, which is Orcs and Goblins, Ogre Kingdoms, Sylvan Elves, and Saurian Ancients. A really interesting mix of four armies in there. None of the top tier armies, you'd particularly say, a couple of the bottom tier armies really in in the those beginning with the letter S. And I just want after I got the feedback from the first episode, because I'm recording these on four consecutive days after the first one was released. So all of these are being recorded before list release. This one comes out after list release. So this could be a really good laugh where I've completely got everything wrong. Potentially. And I um yeah, I, I'm doing this without without the list. I'm doing this before the, the list is submitted or before there's really any information. And it, it might be interesting to listen back and, and sort of reflect on the lists that have come in and whether anyone has sort of gone along with anything I've said. In addition, Yesterday I got confused, or last episode I should say, I got confused with the colours of the rainbow. So I'm actually going to change the, the grading system. You'll, you'll find out what that is after I've done Ogres. But let's jump in, let's start with the Ogre Kingdom. So a book that I have a lot of love for, taking them to ETC, I think they're a really interesting book. The issue is that the popular build at the minute is the Bombardier Gunline, or at least it is in the UK. And, you know, whacking down 18 bombardiers and a cannon, or two cannons and, what, 12 bombardiers, maybe. And especially a bombardier, the additional models going down in cost is, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't dissuade anyone from going down that route. I think in terms of the balance patch changes, they got a decent set of changes for the standard-ish builds. Um, a couple of items got hit quite heavily, like Penin and the Great Grass Guy and Liger's Tongue, and that's fine. They were around a lot. I don't really have any issues. The Shaman increase is frustrating slightly in that you do pay over the odds for your wizards anyway because of the ogre stat line. And you know, there's times when I wish I could have a nobbler wizard, um, just because typically when I've used ogres, my shaman isn't tooled up to fight combat. I appreciate ogre shamans can be. If you compare that similarly to so you got 180 points for the base shaman. If you compare that to, um, if you compare that to, for example, how much a goblin wizard costs, I, I appreciate there's difference in in their stat lines, but you don't really always take shaman for the stat line. Some really nice changes in there though, in terms of um, merc vets going down in cost, uh, tuskers going down in cost, slave giants. Fine, not much change there. Rock Orcs going down in cost. You've got some really nice things going down in cost. And I think I think it's a good set of changes for Ogres. Do I think it's amazing? No. Um, I think the changes to things like Lightning Vambraces open up some really interesting opportunities where, for example, a Pyro Adept Firebrand Lightning Vambraces and then a random other character with Crown of the Wizard King lets you have a five-spell magic phase with a fairly cheap Adept and a lot of outgoing magic damage. Um, you can even add heirloom into that. I probably should have said at some point as well. And you've got this quite 
chunky magic setup for a relatively little investment and you get breath on top on that shaman so i think there's some interesting magic builds with a few of the changes that, that could be open to ogres nowadays there's some list styles that haven't really changed much uh, as an example wild heart has actually got worse um with things like liger's tongue going up in points saber going up in points and I mean, even Frost Mammoth's going up in points, and uh, there's been a lot of changes there that, that haven't helped that play style out, but it's not that commonly seen anyway. You know, I, I haven't seen units of eight Sabertooths for a while, uh, you know, since I probably last touched them. If I'm honest, Ogres was one of the armies I was considering heavily for Masters. I even played a practice game with it. I played one practice game with 3x12 Ambushing Centaurs, and I played another game with Wild Heart Ogres, I uh, left them behind because uh, I think they do okay, um, but they're not the best army out there. In terms of other players at the Masters who could run them, uh, Tanker obviously could, having used them a lot in the past, including ETC. Hugh has run Ogres with success in the past, and I think that's more or less it. Oh, Jack, I was almost going to miss off track there. Jack has been using Ogres a lot over the last um, few events, more so than his Ogres. All four of those players bring slightly different styles. Me and Hugh tended to be more down the Wild Heart side. Tanker is very much in the Gunline era. Uh, and Jack is very much in the, the heavy combat blocks of the Merc Vets. And I've completely missed Ed off as well, who's used Ogres a lot. Um, again, more Gunline than, than um, any of the other styles. So you've got five potential players who have all used Ogres to a decent level. Do I think any of them will bring Ogres? Um, no. <laughs> I think, I mean, I can speak for myself in that I've gone off them. Tanker, I don't think, wants to use the gun line. I think he was pretty bored of it after tech. Ed, might, maybe. I think he would bring the gun line, but I don't think he will. I think Demons and KOE are both more tempting. I know, I know he did well with Demons at tech and, and probably enjoyed the difference in play style. Jack's fairly 50-50. I expect him to bring Warriors and Masters, if I'm honest, but I can see him bringing Ogres. And Hugh, I don't think he'll bring Ogres, because there's more tempting armies out there for him. So, what's the new... I know what's been on your mind since the start of this recording, and that is, what is the new grading scale after I forgot what colours... what order the colours are in in the rainbow? Well, the new grading system is ice cream flavours. Um... I, I'm basically going to pick an ice cream flavour, and if it's a good ice cream flavour, it means they're going to win. If it's not, they're going to lose. Ogres to Podium. Interesting, because there's five potential players, but I don't think any of them will do it. Ogres to Podium. I'm going to say that they are like a, a banana ice cream. You know, very unlikely to see it. Some people might really dig it. Um but very, very unlikely to actually podium. <laughs> because they're unlikely to be there, I think is the issue. I think if they are there, then they might have some enjoyment. In terms of chances to win, I don't think the Ogre Book is strong enough to compete with Dread Elves, Warriors, certain other matchups as well. KOE, I think they'll really struggle against. Ogres, Ogres can really struggle with um, anti-armor. Do I think the Gunline would do well? I think the gunline is, if ogres are going to do well, gunline is probably the way to go, and I still think they get run over at least once and can't really be proactive. So I, I don't think they're very likely to win. Their winning flavour can be 
grass. Again, very unlikely and not very nice. Let's move on to Orcs and Goblins. Orcs and Goblins, I think out of all of the changes to the Arcane Compendium, the Crown of Autocracy and Orcs and Goblins is where I've seen the most discussion. Um, twofold. First on the Double Crown Goblin General, and that playstyle of all goblins. The second being on how it really impacts the trolls, who... I think trolls were in a really good place, cost-wise. Especially when you can engineer matchups, or there's limited matchups. I think trolls are one of those units where some army just really struggles to deal with them. I... So I think that has a massive impact on what builds Orcs and Goblins can bring. I don't think Orcs and Goblins are ruined because of that. I've seen a lot of doom and gloom on the forum and, uh, and in other places around that. I still think they are... There's so many builds in the Orcs and Goblin book that, you know, one or two builds dropping in efficiency isn't a bad thing because there's just so much in that book. It's absolutely crazy how much there is in the book. Um... The internal balance in the book has been great for, for a long, long time, so it'll be interesting to see how people change it. In terms of the actual changes themselves, I don't really think outside of that it changes much. Most of the changes come in their characters, and especially their character mounts, and sure, you can play around with the character section a lot. There's some really... this Again, it's that internal balance. There's so much you can do with all characters and goblin characters and you know, goblin chiefs on Nashers compared to orc chiefs on Wivens compared to, you know, there's just so much going on there. And I, I think it's a really good book to to write a lot of lists for. The rest of the changes, I don't really think change anything, if I'm honest. Um, a couple of things got cheaper, a couple of things got more expensive. Fine. I think Nasher dashes for 135 are an absolute steal. Um, especially units of 6 or 153, I think are great. So I'd be intrigued to see if there's any of them. In terms of their chances for the Masters, um, the flavour for them podiuming is Carrot, because um, Ali is the only one that might bring them. I know Ed has access to them, but I don't think there's any chance Ed brings them, if I'm honest. So I think Ali... I know Ali's weighing between two armies. Hawks and Goblins, I think, is the most likely. Hence the Carrot flavour. I'll let you guys imply what you want from that. I also don't think carrot flavour is a realistic ice cream flavour. Um, but, it, you know, similar to ca maybe carrot cake's a better one. In the, I think Orgs and Goblins have some really nice builds, and if Ali hits the right matchups, he, he could do really well. It, so much depends on the list building with the Orgs and Goblins, though, because I think you have to spec into one certain build, and that will always promote a little bit of RPS and certain matchups being better than others. Um, if you go down the route of a fairly balanced Orc and Goblin build, I think you get outclassed slightly in a lot of matchups, rather than if you go really heavy into, like, as an example, the 16 Trolls. The 16 Trolls will win some games by themselves, and they'll lose some games by themselves, so it's tricky. I think Ali has an outside chance of podiuming. I unfortunately don't think he's going to win. I think that's more down to Orcs and Goblins than anything else. So the Orc and Goblin flavour for winning can be... What's orange and not very nice? Moldy carrot. Original, I know. Like, maybe maybe a pumpkin on, like, November the 4th, a few days after. Anyway, I'm going to stop. This was an awful grading system. 
the last episode's not going to use it because it's worse than the rainbow and that, that wasn't great if I'm honest. Saurian Ancient, I think there is a, I mean, I will shout out to Colin here. I think Colin has found a really nice Saurian Ancient build. And I think it is a build that will cause a lot of armies problems. I think it struggles against a couple of things, but generally speaking, it's really nice. Roughly, Quattle, Alchemy Pyro, Essence, Sun Tablet. Saurian Warlords with Raptor Spirit, Dawn of the Stupid Thing whatever it's called. Um, core, which is mainly one unit Saurus, three units Poison Shooting. Then you max out that new Jungle Gorilla Cap with Pterodons, Skink Hunters, Camos, and then you whack in three Taurosaurs, including an engine. So you've got essentially four Taurosaurs if you include the Warlord in that. Alchemy Pyro, I think Alchemy's really good, especially with the Hereditary that backs it up in, um, in Saurian Ancients. And then just a lot of shooting. I think it's a really good build. I think it's, again, it is so reliant on first turn and matchups that it isn't always great, but I think it is a really good build. Um, so I think they did really well out of the, out of the price changes. I Again, I know from flicking around on the forums, a lot of Saurian H players being like, oh yeah, we save points here and here and here, but the Quattle went up so much in points that it ruins all our savings. Well, most armies went up in points, so the fact that you stayed the same isn't an issue. But access to 35% jungle gorillas, I mean, I'll touch on it again in a minute with Silver Nails, I think opens up new play styles. Um, the Taurosaur dropping in points is, is always nice. I really like Thyros, and you can trade one of those Tauros for two Thyros, and essentially have the same list, and I think there's pros and cons to that both ways, but yeah, I I think they got some really nice reductions across the board. I, I think you can do some really nice builds. I think there's some... Yeah, I think there's just some really nice builds in there. Even things like the Skink Priest dropping to 100 for an Apprentice when they have access to some tablet, I think, is pretty nice. But anyway, they've got a good book at the minute. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see more Throne Ancients coming out of there. Their hidey holes over the coming year. In terms of winning masters, the issue is that no one is going to play Torrent Ancients. I, again, I've considered it. Me and Colin have played a couple of practice games. He's the guy that I played with my um, my beast herds and my ogres, and that Torrent Ancient build is just so nice. I think it's a really good build. I don't think anyone will bring Torrent Ancients. So I think their chances of winning are effectively nil. So ice cream flavor is air. Well, no, the chance of podium is air because it doesn't exist. And the chance of winning is absolute, like, horrific. I'm going to say it's like poo. Poo flavor ice cream. Because they're just not going to be there, so they've got no chance. But I think they do have a really nice book at the minute. I, I am still tempted to submit it to an ancient. Anyway, um, let's move on to the uh, final one for today's show, which is Sylvan Elves. And I'll start by talking about the players with Sylvan Elves first. Josh has been using Sylvan Elves with good success. I believe when the Masters opened last year, so it's really good to see him step up to the Masters. And Josh obviously knows what he's doing with Sylvan Elves. The issue with Sylvan Elves has always been that whenever we've paired against them for ETC or team events... They're never the most threatening army. 
their Pathfinders and Sentinels are, and even their Wild Riders and their um, Blade Dancers, so expensive and die so quickly that it's it's painful. Little changes might have hampered them slightly, e.g. Fireball being replicable is really bad for Silver Elves, as is things like the Druidism change affects them. It's weird that the Druidism change affects the rubbish armies, as in Saurian Ancients, Beast Herds, Silver Elves. Doesn't really affect any of the top tier armies. First time I've realised that. Anyway, in terms of the actual change, the biggest change is obviously the Unseen Arrow is going up to 35%, which I believe now means you can get in 2x10 Sentinels, 10 Pathfinders, and 10 Heath Hunters in core, all inside 35%. I think you can shuffle around to get two nines of Heath Hunters and nines of all the special shooting as well. And I think that's a really nice, heavy shooting phase. The Triple Tree Father, I think, is really good at the minute as well. I appreciate they went up a massive amount. Um, it's in 25 points on a basic Tree Father, which is a lot. So I'm intrigued to see whether people maybe consider swapping them out for Kestrels. Um, Kestrels took a bit of a, a point reduction. And five Kestrels... Yeah, five Kestrels is cheaper than a Tree Father and hits like a ton of bricks. Tree Fathers are just really, really good. So versatile, shooting attack, stubborn, great, great models. Um, so yeah, I, th I think the book has had some nice buffs. I know there's some issues with people like saying that un Hunter's Honor going up to 85 nerfs loads of builds, but whatever, like there's other builds out there, I don't really care about stuff like that. Uh, ultimately, I think the balance patch changes were good for them. I think the Unseen Arrows 35% pushes you more into that playstyle, which they basically tried to get rid of about two, three years ago. It's really weird how they're like, oh, we don't want an avoidance game, and then both jungles, gorilla things, jungle gorilla, and Unseen Arrows have both gone back up in points, and it's because those two books were near the bottom of the pile. Do I think... Do I think someone else will podium? Maybe. I think there's some nice things to explore in that book, and Josh could find something that really suits him. I think, again, an outside chance. I'm going to go flavour-wise. It's got to be something earthy and tree-like. I'm going to go, like, beetroot flavour. In that it's unlikely, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's unlikely, but interesting. And some people might think, yeah, I'll try that. Other people actually hate it. In terms of winning, unfortunately, I think Silver Elves struggle with matchups too much. There's certain matchups they just absolutely hate, and therefore their chances of winning is going to be like a. Hmm. I was going to say mushroom, but some people like mushrooms. What's their chances of winning like? What is in a soil? Right, it's an obvious one, right? Or like root flavor, um, in the. They don't really have a chance of winning, unfortunately. And I think that's more down to matchups than anything else. They they unfortunately will run into something that just blows off all their expensive things in space of like three turns, and there's not really much the book can do to stop that. So, yeah, that's that's the four armies. Apologies for the ice cream rankings. They will not be making a return on the next episode. Four really interesting armies, though, and I think all four have had fairly rough times as of late. I think the Sorry Ancients and Silver Elf balance update changes are really, really interesting. And I think Ogres and Orcs are okay books. I don't think they needed huge changes. 
I'd have liked to have seen a little bit of a buff on those two books to bring them more in line with like Warriors and Dread Elves and Infernal Dwarfs and all those because that's ultimately where they can't compete. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see. I think the issue with this episode is that Ali's going to bring Orcs and Goblins, Josh is going to bring Sylvan Elves, and then I don't think anyone's going to bring the other two. A couple of outside chances on Ogres, I guess, but I don't think these four will be on the podium. I don't think these four will be in the race for the win. But we'll see what happens. And we've got one more episode to go, which is going to be a really interesting episode of of UD, VC, VS, and Warriors, which is... I, I'm looking forward to talking about all four, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to digging in. Uh, keep an eye and ear out for the last episodes. And if the lists are already out and all of this is invalidated and what I've said makes absolutely no sense, then apologies in advance. But I hope you've enjoyed listening, and I will see you guys soon. Bye. Hi guys, it's me, Lucky Sixes from Proxy Table Gaming. And me, Maddie P from the Paired Weapons Podcast. The Masters competition is back. For your chance to win a selection of these prizes, including gaming accessories, 3D print vouchers, the Breach introduction game, and commissions from the Gobbo, simply answer this question. Which army was placed at the top of the latest tier list? released in December 2021. Was it Orcs and Goblins? Demon Legions? Or Beast Herds? To enter, simply send your answer to the following email address, pairedweaponpodcast at gmail.com. That's the pairedweaponpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to include your name, contact details, and your answer. Check out the Masters Review Show on the Proxy Table Gaming YouTube channel shortly after the tournament itself. Thanks to all our partners and sponsors. And good luck. See you later.